0: everything you need is already inside of you the world would not be what it is without you when we begin to create change within us we begin to create change in the world around us your journey to becoming your best self as the whole person starts right now hi everyone welcome to the rise up for you podcast this is your host and founder of rise up for you natalina Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm really excited to be here. I know we have an incredible co-host, Leanne DeSanta, who you've probably heard for a while now, but I'm stepping in today, and I am happy and glad to be back. Today, we're going to be talking to Michelle Williams. This is a really awesome conversation, especially for all you entrepreneurs out there. Michelle is a business strategist and life coach, and she talks to us about how to move from being a hobbyist to an actual business owner. So definitely in the beginning stages of building a business, it's hard to find those clients, hard to make those profits, and we're really just doing a passion project or maybe, at best, a hobby. Today, Michelle is going to teach us how to change all of that, to actually run a business that's profitable where you are seeing results. Rise Up For You and enjoy this episode. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us here on the Rise Up For You podcast. It is such an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you and all of your listeners. So we always like to ask in the beginning of the show, um, because we love for our guests to tell us about themselves, what they do, and really brag about all the great work that they're doing so that our audience gets to know you a little bit better.
1: Okay. Um, I am a wife and a mom and a business owner. Um, I have two sons who, when we talk about bragging, I'm pretty proud of them. They're 24 and 21 and um, have been married for almost 30 years to my high school sweetheart. So I think there's some bragging rights around that. I own a company, Scarlet Thread Consulting, and I work to help business owners make money. Like my whole goal is for them to love what they do and to make money. And I've owned my own business since the year 2000. And prior to that, I worked in financial software development for Dana and Bradstreet. So took a lot of the information I got from working in corporate, came home and started my own business to be able to help raise my children and have a good family life and work-life balance. And um, here I am with them grown and doing even more of what I love.
0: Wonderful. So I'd love to just backtrack a little bit because we always like to learn more about the journey of our guest. So I heard you say that, you know, you were in the corporate world and then you came home and you made the decision to make a leap and and start your own company. Tell us a little bit more about that journey and what inspired you to get into the industry that you're in now and to, you know, run your own company and now, you know, talk about profits and building business and, and really helping others.
1: Yeah, it's funny that you ask it that way because, I mean, it could easily be something that's glossed over, but it, it's definitely a journey. So I love the way that you asked the question. That, um, my, my background was in management information systems and administrative management. That was my degree in college. And I went to work right out of school. Never even thought, this was back in the 80s, you know, entrepreneurship really wasn't the thing. Like, it was... You went to work for other companies. That's just what um, I would say was prevalent at the time. And so I went to work. I worked for um, for about 10 years, had both of my sons. And we live north of Atlanta, Georgia. And at the time, we didn't have any family around us. We still don't. And so it was becoming long, difficult days to take two little children, one under the age of one and a two-and-a-half-year-old, back and forth to daycare Um, when I was a development manager in a company and had to be there early and stay late, as did my husband. You know, it just put a lot of stress on the family. And um, I decided that I wanted to come home and and help raise the boys. And so I did that and realized, honestly, at the time that I I needed more. Um, I needed my own outlet and my own thing. I I had been thinking about, praying about, investigating what kind of business could I start, what would I do, did a little bit of... um, consulting more on business management, you know, right at the start. And I was like, no, that's not what I want to do. So fast forward, I started, we had just bought our house when I came home. And I started making window treatments and making things for my home. And my neighbors showed up. We'd been playing bunko, We were hanging out. Our kids were having playdates. And they pretty much said, hey, Michelle, what you have done in your home is so beautiful. If you'll do it for us, we'll pay you for it. And that is literally how my business started. They showed up with fabric and ideas and asked me to make it. And I started um, a, a business, a custom drapery workroom out of the sitting room of my bedroom. And it allowed me to sew and to engineer and to design while my kids were in preschool or mother's morning out or kindergarten, whatever it was. So, I just started the business honestly because somebody rang my doorbell and asked me to do it for them and they paid me. Yeah. So I didn't really start that business with intent. I didn't start it with the business plan. I started it by the seat of my pants. Mm. And so because of that, um, I didn't make the money that I really needed to make to be in business, to take the time away from my family. And so a couple of years in, you know, I have a business background. I built software to do these things and I really just didn't think about it in that micro-business aspect, right? I knew how to run corporations. I knew how to handle millions of the budget with a three-year program. I didn't know how to do it in my own micro-business. I wasn't looking at it that detailed. I was focused more on my passion, more on what I love to do, and less on what I'm, was really there to sustain the business. And so I started to get my act together because my husband, we had one of those moments where he's like, what the heck are you doing? you know, you went from making high six figures to now you're losing money daily. Like what's up with that? And so I had to sit down and kind of make a decision. Am I going to be a business or am I going to be a hobbyist? And then I worked through the process of what does it mean to be in hobby? What does it mean to be in business on this micro level? And then what can I do? What do I need to put in place? What processes, which systems do I need um, for this interior design business? And so I did that, and then around 2007, 2008, I started teaching other businesses how to do that, and that evolved for a few years with me educating and teaching how to price custom work, how to make money, how to read a profit and loss statement, how to do all those things, the project accounting pieces, and then fast forward, I ended up up getting very ill in 2012, had some autoimmune attacks, and things happen. And I almost lost my life. And in that process, I also had bypass surgery on my right arm. I had no blood flow in my right arm, which is my dominant arm, which meant I could no longer sew and do those things that I had been doing for the past, you know, 13, 14 years. And so my business had to shift and morph again. And people started emailing me and calling me and saying, hey, I want you to come walk alongside me, coach me in this, show me how to do this, help me do the numbers, help me run the business. And so, um, I did, I shifted my business, took some courses on coaching and i shifted again in 2013 and opened the consulting portion of my company and have been doing that the entire time.
0: Well, I love that. It was
1: was definitely a journey. It wasn't as glossed over as I kind of made it sound at the beginning.
0: No, I love that. And I, and I, and thank you for sharing with us and I love how you stated, you know, do I want to be a hobbyist or do I want to be a business owner and make profit? And to tell you the truth, there's probably a ton of listeners right now that can really um, understand that and resonate with that. You know, they're doing great work. They have a mission. They love what they're doing, but they're just not seeing the results financially. And at some point, you have to make that decision. Like, where do I want this to go? And is it is it sustainable? You know, can I survive off of it? I know that you... Um, there's a lot of things that that we can talk about, but I know that you're, you're pretty great at at talking about profit and how we can plan for profit in in the stages of business. And I think that that would be really beneficial for our audience if we could jump into that and and talk about like a a few tips, you know, three to five tips that you can share with, you know, really building and planning to be profitable. I would
1: love to do that. And I'll tell
0: you, you know, I, I, like I said,
1: I started my business with the idea of the first business, of course, with hey, Michelle, we love what you do when you do it for us. And so truthfully, you know, when we go to start our own companies, no matter what size they are, it's usually because it's something that we're doing that we enjoy doing or that we have the ability to do that others don't, right? We, it is rare that I meet a business owner that has started a business that they hate doing something that they stink at. (laughs) like That's just not what you normally see. But what happens is, at least in my situation and with the other people that I've coached, we do these things that we love. We love them. We pour ourselves into it. We're passionate about it. And then, as, as you said, Ned, the money's not there at the end. Either we're not being paid a salary. We have no profits in the company. And so at some point, we started off as... Um, you know, something that fed our soul, if you will, that, that we're passionate about or that we enjoyed or that we, you know, wanted to do now becomes something that we dread and something that we resent. And so I would just, you know, share that if we're starting to feel that way, we need to go back and kind of fall in love again with our business and look at it as a way that it's meant to to work for us not us for it and I would say with profit that was my first thing was that I had to have a mindset to make money not a mindset to feed my passion my passion was fed in addition to making money I remember my dad saying to me one time um, when my then boyfriend who's now my husband we were telling him how much we loved each other we didn't have jobs or anything and his comment was love is great but you can't take it to the grocery store and get groceries And I would say that that's the same thing about having passion in our business. That's great, but it's not paying the bills by itself. So we first have to start with saying that we are going to be committed to making a profit so that we can sustain
0: this business that feeds our passion. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. 100% it does. And what's like, what is the first step to that? You know, those of us that are listening, they're like, okay, I'm ready. I need to make a shift what is what The that first like? step is just to decide. Truthfully, the first step is to decide. To say, I am going
1: to own every aspect of my business, and I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to figure it out so that I can be profitable and sustainable. If I could tell you anything, it's that profitability starts with a mindset of ownership and the willingness to look at really hard things. Because most of us, I, I just love coaching a client, before um, our, our podcast today. And her thing was, I still am not quite ready to look at the financials. And my comment to her was, I'm looking at them for you right now, but but you've got another couple of days and then you have to look at them. Like you don't get to say, I'm not looking. So you have to be committed to the process of being profitable. That That's truthfully the first step. And it sounds so great, or it sounds so dismissive But if you are committed to it, if you truly say I'm going to own the good, the bad, the ugly, then you can do something about it. For example, if I hate the color of my neighbor's house, there is nothing I can do except block my view because I don't own that house, so I cannot correct the color. But if I have a home that I live in that I own and I don't like the color of it, I can change it because I own it. And that is the same thing in our business. If we choose to have one and we choose to be profitable, then we have to take complete ownership because
0: what we own, we can change. Absolutely. And, and I love that. And, and you're right. I mean, it could be scary for most people, but the reality is is that there's, there's no way that you can transform and make a shift unless you know what the reality is, you know, unless you know exactly what you're working with.
1: Yeah. So you have to start then by saying, okay, I've made the choice to be profitable. Now I've got to figure out where am I? Like, what do my numbers look like right now? What are they telling me right now? You know, do I have my numbers in an accounting software package like a QuickBooks or Xero, Sage, FreshBooks, something so that I, I can run reports and be accountable to the numbers? And then are those numbers indicative of where I want to stay? And nine times out of 10, they're not, right? But we don't know how to get where we want to go if we don't recognize where we are. So we start with our mindset. We're going to own this thing. And then we start with figuring out where am I, where am I? So then what is it that my total sales are? What are my cost of goods? What are my gross profit margins? What expenses do I have in this company? What, what do I need them to be? Where do I want to go? So you you have a mindset to be profitable and then you start with saying, where am I? And then you kind of determine where do you want to go, right? And that I mean, I, I say these as if you could sit down and do them in 10 minutes. These are not 10-minute exercises. Maybe for some companies they could be, but I would say for most companies it's a bit of a discovery process. Mm. You know, it's pulling all those documents together. It's looking at them and going, okay, I see them, but I don't know what they mean. Right. And so that's where my suggestion would be to make sure you have – Access to um, either an accountant, a bookkeeper, a coach, somebody who knows the numbers, who can sit down if you don't and explain to you, here's what this means, okay? Then you start creating this plan for where you want to go, building profit in all along. I like to tell my clients and those that listen to my podcast, profit doesn't happen by accident. So whatever we see on a profit and loss statement or, you know, on any type of a a document that we're looking at that's telling us our profitability, all it's doing is showing us the number that is a culmination of every decision we've made during that time frame. Mm. That's all that it is. It's a, it's a string of decision-making that has a, a dollar amount attached and your profitability just shows which decisions you make, the outcome of your decisions.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: if it's where you want to go, keep doing it. If it's not where you want to go, if it's not enough money, if you're not being paid, the only way to correct it, like we can't do new math. I can't, I don't have a calculator that works a different way. So the only way to change the number is to change the choices and decisions that we made.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and the reality is, is that I think many people, they start a company because they want to make some type of sustainable change in the world, or they have a product, or yeah. uh, as you mentioned, they're passionate about it. Um, and they also want the freedom. I mean, you mentioned it earlier. You had two kids. It just, it, you know, it was too difficult to to live the lifestyle that you were leading before that. And I mean, if we don't get that profit, how do we get that freedom?
1: That's exactly right. And you know, sometimes people look at the total sales for a company and they say, Oh wow, that's how much money I had." But that's just how much money we've got to, we've brought in through sales that we've got to pay out. That's like saying I've got my entire paycheck. Like if you worked corporate, but, you know, that, that's not all of our profit. That money goes to pay off our car, our food, the lighting bill, our mortgage. And really, you know, what's left over at the bottom is what is our profit from our paycheck. And the same kind of thing happens in a business. And if we're not watching for that, for that profitability, and what it means, that sustainability, need to keep, as you said, Netta, living the lifestyle we want to live, you know, doing the fun things we want to have, making the impact in the world that we're going to make. We can't make that impact if we don't have the money to help us do it. Mm. We just can't at some point it's going to be like, I can't do that. And so it's, it's just keeping an eye on what is most important for you and you know, your business or even in your home that I, I am a coach for the profit first method. Okay. There's a book by Mike McAllister called profit first, but, but in our homes, we would do the same type of work with Dave Ramsey, with his financial piece. It's the same thing of telling our money where to go. So if we're focused on profitability, we have got to kind of hold that profit out to the side and save it, or it's going to get spent. And so the same things and principles of money management that we would do in our home, we do in our business and vice
0: versa. Mm. Absolutely. Michelle, it's been really an honor to have you on our show and very valuable information. And I think a good reminder for many of us out there that, you know, if we want to keep this going, it's got to be sustainable financially. I would love to jump into the power section of the interview and ask for one book that you've read that's had a massive impact on your life that you would recommend to us.
1: Well, honestly, the book that I would recommend, I've got a whole stack of books, Nada, so it's really hard to narrow down, but the book that I would recommend that follows along with kind of our conversation today would be the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. And I would say to you, not only have I seen changes in my life and my business, I was already doing some of these principles prior to, I literally just had a client email me, we've, we've implemented Profit First. And she's jumped from like 15000 to $92,000 in a quarter. I mean, it's just been amazing. And, and that's not what everybody experiences. But when you start to, you get what you inspect, not what you expect. And, and I think that's one of the things that that book does is it helps you inspect and determine what it is you want to get um, with profitability in the company.
0: And what's one quote that you live by?
1: Oh, gosh. I would say the quote that I live by is the profit doesn't happen by accident. Because like that. that quote really makes me stop and think about the choices that I'm making that otherwise I might think are disconnected and that it, they don't matter. And so what it does is it forces me to spend my money, whether I'm at home or whether I'm at work, with intentionality.
0: I love that. And if you can leave the world with one final message, we call it your golden nugget. What would your golden nugget be?
1: My golden nugget. Um, I would say to leave the world a better place than what we
0: found it. Mm. And Michelle, thank you again for joining us today. How do we stay connected? How do we support you and learn more about the great work that you're doing?
1: Thank you for asking that, Neda. So you can find me at scarletthreadconsulting.com. I'm hanging out on Facebook under Scarlet Thread Consulting, and I'm on Instagram at scarletthreadATL. And I
0: also have a podcast called Profit is a Choice,
1: and um, you can
0: jump in and listen to that. Amazing. And lastly, as you know, we are the company Rise Up For You. What does that mean to you? When you first hear that phrase, what, what sparks in you? I think it's, it feels
1: rise up for you feels very actionable and it feels like, um, something that is doable and attainable. You know what I mean? It's, it's so action oriented, that word rise. It's about get up and do something, get up and engage, you know, don't sit and just let things go by. I think it is about intentionality
0: and that's very exciting. Mm, Absolutely. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an honor to speak with you.
1: Thank
0: you, Ned. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on the Rise Up For You podcast series. We're here to serve you and inspire you to become your best self so that you can live a life that you are proud of. If you haven't already, head over to our website, riseupforyou.com and explore through all that we have to offer. Don't forget to subscribe while you're there for exclusive materials sent to you weekly and also subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any other major podcast channel. Join us for our next episode. But until we meet again, rise up for you, be better today than yesterday, and prepare for a greater you tomorrow.